the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. In today's episode, we're sharing a presentation from MaxLawCon 2021. Keep listening to hear Brian Mittman as we share his talk, The Dashboard Guy. You can also head to the Maximum Lawyer YouTube channel to watch the full video. Now, to the episode. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Thanks to Jess, by the way, get a disability policy. Trust me, I deal with far too many attorneys. So uh, I also want to thank uh, Tyson specifically because I came up here as a nerd, but I have to be a weirdo. I am a New York Yankees fan, but I lost a bet, so I'm wearing a Red Sox hat for this presentation. (sighs) My head is burning. Anyway, uh, so today what I'd like to do is I'm actually lucky that I'm going at this time because I can wrap up a lot of uh, pieces that we've been talking about this whole uh, past few days, because I want to talk about numbers today, but I really want to talk about the story behind your numbers, what the story is all about. And this is super important because, you know, people talk to people. People don't talk to numbers. People aren't numbers, but we live in a world of big data. We live in a world of ROI and KPIs and all this other stuff. And over the years, I've lost sight of that. I've had people who just want to you know, crush numbers and they burn bridges with other people and whatever it may be, but there's always a story. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about over the next uh, 19 minutes. Okay, so this is really cool. This is a set of numbers and this is a story that I'm going to tell you guys about. This particular story changed my life. So uh, take a look at those numbers. I promise at the end of the talk, because you got to stay for the whole 20 minutes, I will tell you what that story is. I was going to actually give you a bet, like, you know, if you could figure out what it is, but uh, yeah, I lost last night. Okay. All right. So a uh, warning, I'm not going to be talking about spreadsheets and balance sheets. And, well, I'll be talking about spreadsheets, but not balance sheets and profit and loss and stuff like that. But as we've heard, and as you need to know is what is your vision? What is your purpose? What is your why? You need to know what that is. And one of those pieces happens to be, right, we'd like to make money to support the lifestyle we want, to support our families, to be able to help all the people that are working for us, to run the business, to get our message out to the world, right? So they hire us because we have an obligation for them to hire us to help them. But we have to start somewhere. So for part of this presentation, I'm going to use some real world examples from my law firm. And we're just kind of going to put out there that let's say we need to make money 
right? And you got to focus on revenue, profit margin, profit, cash. Here's a couple great resources. Uh, I guess we'll share the slide deck. I think simple numbers was mentioned before, profit first, scaling up. The fact is you have to know a number, but you also have to know what your vision is. And, and then really what happens is the story ties together the vision and the numbers. The story is what helps drive your employees, if you have employees, or yourself to get the things done that you need to get done to live the way that you want to live. So in our practice, the disability guys, we helped injured and disabled workers obtain the benefits they deserve in a simple way by delivering the services that they need. We do what we say, say what we do, and we help them get back on their feet, right? They get to fight the big guy with our help, and that's what it's about. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, gee whiz, I want to have an injury on the job and call an attorney, right? That's just not what we do. Okay, so the first part is, right, you got to get the cases in the door. So this is going to be a story about how you can look at all this great marketing stuff that you're going to learn to do, you're already doing, and seeing if you're spending the right money. Then I'm going to talk about KPIs for my people and how we tie the story together to drive the objectives that we need and get the things done that need to get done. All right, so a little real-world alchemy. So we ran this test this past year, right? We spent, what is that, $37,500 on marketing, and we split it between two things. We bought leads. How many people here get those emails every half hour <laughs> to buy leads, right? There's nothing wrong with bought leads, but you got to know what it's all about. And we also spent direct money on going door-to-door -door visiting doctors. My field marketer just had a baby, so she's not going door-to-door -door right now. But we would go into a doctor's office. We bring a candy bowl. We plop that candy bowl down. We fill it up with candy. We give them this big, ugly binder. We introduce ourselves. We start talking. Every couple of weeks, we come in, and there's another thing to stick inside the binder. We refill the candy. So they now know when we show up, they're like, hey, you got more candy? Or we find out what they like, and we do things like that. So scenario number one, we bought leads, 250 leads, 75 bucks a lead, 75 bucks a lead for our cases. That's a pretty good deal. We were excited. 250 leads. Oh, yeah. 10% conversion, 25 leads signed up. The leads from the doctors, a trusted source. We only had 100 leads. It's costing me $187.50 a lead, 47% conversion, right? The quick story there is, wow, the doctor leads work better. Why don't we just do that? But there's a little more to it than that. you got to know what the story is. Yes, money is an important thing, but what's it really mean, right? What's behind that? Well, average fee is $3,000 a case. So for the paid leads, we're looking at possibly $75,000. And for the doctor leads, $141,000. A four-time return or a seven-and-a-half-time return. Either one's really good. But there's another piece, another background story to this. And that story it's 250 against 100. I have three people doing intake for us, our ability advocates, day in and day out. That's what they do. People call in, people email in, they do whatever. In order for them to have gotten 27, 25 cases, they had to screen 250 cases. In order to get 47 cases, they had to screen 100 cases. The quality of life for my intake people is dramatically different. We actually discovered in doing this that the conversion rate that you've heard about, how many of the qualified leads that you're getting in that you want to be cases, the conversion rate in the higher number started to dip, whereas the conversion rate when they had fewer leads actually went up. So why, why am I spending all my time and my money 
on the other thing when I should be on that thing. Now, we actually continue to do a balance of both because there are certain types of cases we want to get from one set and there's different expenses on the other side. But we were able to use this data, use these numbers, and talk to our people and find out the story of what's really going on. And when they come, and in fact, what was really cool is during the 250 lead test, we found out that the company we were buying leads from used a different source each month. So the first month, what do you think? It was a good source. Wow, look at that. We got 50 leads and we got, you know, 19 cases. And then over the rest of the time, you know, I got another six cases because they switched their lead source. And my people were saying, oh, these are crap leads. These suck. What are you doing? And you're like, yeah, 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 we're testing. Don't worry about it. But the real story is this. 150 more leads they had a screen. Imagine what we could have had those individuals doing or what they could have done with that freed up time. Know the story, not just the number. All right, so real quick, one other quick thing is we talk about goals and stuff like that and biting it off and trying to achieve things, right? Don't do all six delegation rules right at once and stuff like that. Here is our goal. This is a long-term office goal. We are shooting to have 200 signed cases a month by 2030. That's our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal, right? I forget who the speaker was that said, hey, remember there are 30, you know, 30 cases or whatever, 30 uh, sign-ups for the phone calls for the day, and how about four an hour? That's what we had to do to figure it out because in between is the story. If I tell my staff we're trying to get 200 signed cases, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now they're at 75 a month on average, right? It's going to take us 200. That's 125 more cases. They're rolling their eyes. They think, oh my God, my life is over. I'm getting out of here, right? But we mapped it out. We know that for 2022, we want to hit 84, 2023, 93. So it's not necessarily as even as you go through it all, but we were able to look at this and kind of frame it in how do we have to go on this journey? It's not just good enough to have your number. You have to have that number to start with, Right. And then that first slide was about revenue. And, and then from revenue, you have, you know, gross profit and margin and cash and all that stuff. But tell yourself, ask yourself, what is the story the numbers are actually showing me? And what is the story I want the numbers to show? Right. We do have a CPA in the room. So this isn't like accounting where we're like, hey, you know, show that my numbers are really bad. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about what is it, you know, being honest with yourself and saying what's really going on because ego gets into this. Oh man, look, I am getting, you know, 200 cases. You know, I have 250 leads. Well, is it really worth it just for your ego? Running your own practice can be scary. Whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm, or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want, and we'll show you how to become a Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. Okay, so this is the part I want to share a little bit with. This is real KPIs that we use and what we do in terms of sharing these numbers with our team. Let me tell you, we have a weekly meeting, Thursday mornings, 9.15, team-wide. We have 24 people. Everyone gets on this thing, almost everyone. Sometimes the attorneys are in hearings or something. And it's called the Whatever It Takes. 
Because one of our mantras in the office is we are going to do whatever it takes to help our clients get to their goal. And based on the whatever it takes meeting, and I have a slide in a little bit, we actually have a real dashboard. And there's six different sections. And each section is headed by a different team in the office. And they come in and they report a number. But they don't only report a number. They report a number and they tie it to what we call an unexpected legal experience. That is the soft side of it. They are tying it to, hey, was there something we did in our department? Did something happen that ties into our values, into our purpose of simplifying things, of helping people, of going that extra mile and truly being excellent? This way, the person is not just going after the number. They actually can feel and see the results of the number that they're going after, right? We got to get out there and we got to hoe the, hoe the field. But boy, when you see people partying after you've harvested the field and you've had a big party, it's wonderful. So we're going to go through a few things. So I don't know if you can see it too well, but this is kind of a spreadsheet that we use for some of our paralegals. So one of the things that we ask people to do as paralegals is we have to do feed-generating activities. Every single person here can figure out what those activities are in the office. And I don't mean maybe a specific thing I do this moment. In our calendar, when we have hearings and when we get decisions, those all go into our calendar, and we have discovered that those are what are known as fee-generating activities. We get a certain amount of those every month, and we then get a certain amount of revenue, so we know that, wow, it's $600 per fee-generating activity, whether that actual activity generated a real fee or not. But there are things that lead into it. How do we get those? Because if my staff ever said to a client, uh, I'm sending your form in because it's a fee-generating activity, I wouldn't be standing up here because I wouldn't be working because no client wants to you know, hear about a lawyer getting a fee. But we know internally, as an internal metric, it is a fee. As an external metric, the client says, oh, my God, my lawyer has helped me and has moved things along. So what happens is, for instance, uh, on the left-hand column, we needed 120 RFAs, KPI 1. That is a uh, request for action. This individual got 129. She was at 107%. She had to get reports also because those reports add to us being able to get the RFAs. She only had 20 out of 60. Yikes. She actually got three reviews, the unexpected legal experience. We actually kind of combine them all and we say, hey, look at the bottom. You're at 88.22% of your quarterly goal. And we have kind of a sliding scale for an ongoing incentive program. But more importantly, each quarter we sit down and we have a conversation. What did you do this quarter to get to 120? You had all these happy people. You got nine reviews, not three reviews. What are you doing right? We can then compare it to the person next to her. She got 92. Could you help the other paralegal? How did you get 40 more RFAs than she did? What's going on? So this is an example, and I don't have that much time, but this is an example of real hard numbers that we track, but we tie it into what's going on. And we've screwed these numbers up. We've measured the wrong things. Real quick story, uh, Tiffany Bova of Salesforce, who's her um, like client happiness you know, guru and everything, tells a story about how she was trying to get her cell phone fixed. So she calls. She's on the call with the person at the phone company. 29 minutes, the guy says, can I call you right back? Okay. Hangs up, calls right back. 29 minutes later, can I call you right back? Hangs up, says, this is really weird. Calls right back. After an hour and a half, finally fixes the issue. She is thrilled. She doesn't care. It took an hour and a half. The issue got fixed. But then she was thinking, what is this 29-minute thing? She realized he was following a KPI. Keep your calls under 30 minutes, right? So he met his KPI. None of his calls were over 30 minutes. 
Now, he met another KPI, which was have a happy client. But how great would it have been, just stay on the damn phone, fix the problem, and you're going to be a lot better. Who cares? So we constantly revise these. these it's iterative. Uh, we spent a year having our staff buy into this. Each quarter, we kind of did a little thing. We did this whole play on numbers and everything. We, you know, count me in, count on them, stuff like that. So it takes time, but it really, really helps. And you have to tie it to what your purpose is. This is our weekly dashboard that we actually use. The program is called Align. Uh, it shows our welcome team. They'll come in and they'll say, hey, we answered 5,932 calls so far this quarter. And we had this one person crying. We kept her on the phone. We got Mr. Mittman on the phone. We were maybe able to make an appointment and send a car for her, and she could get to her appointment, and they tell a good story. And we also talk about the percentage. So we can say, for instance, the FGAs, hey, we're at 931. We're in the green. We are 60% through the quarter, and we're at 80% of our goal. So we use percentages, which is a real powerful thing because I'm still a little gun shy of sharing my actual revenue totals with my staff, even though they could figure it out if they did math. But what I do is I say, hey, I then come in at the very end. I kind of go over everything. They, the staff themselves does this. And then I come in and I say, hey, guys, you know, we're at 75% of our revenue. We're 65% through the quarter. Keep doing whatever the heck you're doing. Is there something else I can help you with? Or, hey, you know, we're at 60% of our revenue and we're 80% through the quarter. Let's, you know, hunker down and figure out what's going on so we can get out of the hole. So it's just a really cool thing. And our team has really bought into it. In fact, I missed a whole bunch of the weekly meetings over the past few weeks. And they were a little mad at me about it, but they kept running every week, week in, week out. And it wasn't just, oh, there's the numbers. They've bought into it. So that's a really cool thing. Okay, so that's kind of the big overall picture. Um, I have some contact information here. You can reach out to me. I can totally geek out on, on this. Um, some of you, we've started speaking about a lot of the different numbers. But again, it's more than the numbers, right? People do people with business they trust. People just do business with people. People interact with people. So it is about a story. What is your purpose? What is it that you want to do? So any guesses on what those numbers were? No? Okay. So real quick. In 2007 is the year I moved my office from 48 Wall Street in Lower Manhattan up to 14 Mamaroneck Avenue in White Plains, New York. I went from two and a half hours a day of commuting on average to a half hour. In fact, it's even less than a half hour. If you work an average of 240 days a year, because that gives you vacation, even though we probably all work like 390 days a year, uh, 240 days a year means that in the 170 months since I moved out of Lower Manhattan, I have saved 480 hours a year or 6,720 hours saved since I moved, that I have been able to repurpose 280 days of my life, not eight-hour days, 24-hour days. My son is here who is waiting for the bars. Wave, Noah. Bar results, which he's going to pass. <laughs> had, to, had to embarrass you. I got embarrassed all day. Anyway, one thing that happened when I moved, right, was I got to focus on my family. So what would happen is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he has a lacrosse game. I left my office, went, watched the lacrosse game, right? My daughter had a lacrosse game. I left, sat next to this really nice lady, Kathy, 
Well, Kathy's sitting right there because I harassed her for years while I was on the field saying, hey, you know, you should come work for me. Right? And, um, and what happened was I changed my life, not just the commute, but what I do with it. Then when I'm done at the game, if I still had work to do, I can go back to the office. I can do what I need to do. I don't have that pressure or whatever it may be. So that is my story. I mean, it's a simple, not simple, but lots of numbers, different things. And I'm always amazed when I add up the numbers. 280, 24-hour days. We all have the same exact amount of time every day, right? And we don't know when it's going to end either. So I would suggest know your stories, make up your stories, look at your numbers, look at them as more than numbers, figure out how you can tie them together to your purpose, your mission, your vision, whatever it is that really gets you going. And I think, you know, based upon that, you're going to have a much, much better ability to handle all these numbers. Because I have in the past come back to the office and said, oh, we're implementing KPIs. I need you to do five of these. And they're looking at me like, huh? But once you involve people, you start telling the story, the why we're doing things, it's going to make a complete difference in the world. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.